0: Hello listeners! Welcome to Philosophy with Ralph. This is the second episode of a series I like to call podcasts that I make for philosophy classes with creative project opportunities. Um, Today I'll be speaking about three very different songs as they relate to the existential theme of disenchantment. Disenchantment is an intellectual starting place that leads to later themes of existentialism. So first, Let's talk about Max Weber's contributions to this thought. Weber told the story of disenchantment, how in traditional societies, people did not have existential crises. People knew their places, they did not have questions about what their purpose was on earth or questions of cosmic significance or insignificance. Evolution was not something that people knew about. And generally there was a societal faith in God and an individual belief in a higher power. So, largely thanks to religion, all the big questions of life that we worry about today were answered. Contrast this with our modernized, secularized, bureaucratized society today, where we have replaced the assurances of religion, telling us, do not worry about your meaning, do not worry about your purpose, do not worry about your larger place, we have all these questions answered for you, with the anxieties of the modern era with what Nietzsche called the death of God, we've had a loss of absolutes, a loss of pre-given values, a lack of inherent meanings for doing anything or not doing anything. So in choosing to make a decision yourself and weighing the morals of that decision or the reasons for doing it or for not doing it, we eventually get to a place, if you keep asking the question of why, where there is no given, given answer. There's no objective meaning to fall back on. So disenchantment is seen as a logical implication of atheism, something that people will arrive to on their own terms as I did in a modern society. From writers like Dostoevsky to poets like Rilke to philosophers like Kierkegaard, people have thought a lot about this disenchantment over the centuries. But what I really like talking about with disenchantment, as anxiety inducing as it might be, is how anyone can experience it and anyone can have some insight into it. So like I mentioned before, I had a a pretty strong run in with it myself. Uh, A lot of existentialist philosophers have, as I said. But what we're looking at today is some artists from a range of, I want to say 40 years, who have also had some experiences with it and have written on it themselves so let's get right in and I'm sorry one more point as well I'm, I'm realizing now editing this that some of the lyrics might be hard to decipher at first listen and they really are important for what we're talking about today so I'd suggest that you read along uh, with the podcast description I'll put the lyrics in there uh, while the song is playing so start right now with Lisa O'Neill's rock the machine
1: I'm new. My hands are soft as cotton gloves. Machine is eaten up my jaw. My meaning, my cause.
0: So I really hope that you read along with those lyrics because Lisa O'Neill has a powerful, powerful voice. But... It is a bit difficult to understand her as an American. But let's get right into what's going on here. O'Neill has put herself in the shoes of an Irish dockhand whose job has been replaced in some capacity by a machine. It's the lyrics, I'm losing will, love, um, goes on. My machine has eaten up my job, my meaning, my cause. So O'Neill is really leaning into the uh, concept that many Blue collar workers form identities around their jobs, essentially. And within these identities, they have a sense of security and stability and meaning. And they're able to bring home a wage and provide for their children, which she gets into here. So the big point is that with the forces of modernity represented here by this machine, there is a way of life that we are accustomed to that just is no longer very quickly, very abruptly. And This song is about that dockhand, the person who is having to accustom to this, having this crisis of meaning. This setup is extremely relevant today because this is a story I think that we all know well of some kind of worker having their job and thus their way of life and their sense of identity and meaning and purpose replaced by... Technology, or in some sense, the forces of modernity, or capitalism, or something like that. Let's play another segment of the song where O'Neill develops these points further.
1: Today, dear, I am unemployed. Before I spoke, you read my eyes. I feared over nothing or no. but I feel old and I'm so young I miss the graft I miss the boys I plead for purpose in the void time is in a war ticking tighter I wish my
0: Pleading for purpose in the void has got to be the most existential or disenchanted thing that there is out there. Lisa O'Neill hits the nail on the head. One thing I really like about this song is how O'Neill is able to bridge the gap between existential worries and real world struggles because sometimes existentialism is criticized for being a bit removed from the material needs of the world and of ongoing struggles against inequity and injustice and against real tangible human suffering. But here O'Neill is linking the practical immediate concerns of someone who has lost their job, now does not know what to do with their time, does not know how they'll provide for their family, with the existential concerns of someone wondering about their place in the universe and the meanings that they need to underlie the world around them. There's one more part of this song that I'd like to play that I think is really important to understanding the full sentiment that O'Neill is trying to get across with this character.
1: River up the machine until it dies River Machine down on the doves. River rock the machine until it stops.
0: When the person singing the song implores the river to rock the machine until it dies rock the machine until it stops. We're getting a real perspective on what's going through this person's mind as they ask the river, the natural world around them to stop the forces of technology, to stop the forces of modernity and return them to this traditional way of life and the securities and assurances that came with it to make these questions of meaning and purpose go away while also allowing for the person to meet the material needs of themselves and their family. Okay, another editor's note here. This is one of the most powerful, beautiful, thought-provoking songs I've heard this year. And I had to cut out a lot of my favorite parts. Um, So I'd really suggest going and listening to the whole five minutes, 15 seconds on your own. But all right, let's get into the next one. Uh, The Specials do nothing. The Specials are a ska revival band formed in 1977. Somehow they're still making music today, but that's a different story. Here, try listening for themes of nihilism, or apathy to the world around us, or the idea that life is meaningless. It won't be too hard. important to understand where the specials are coming from when they're writing this song this was a time in britain of great disillusionment with now of course religion but also with politics with class struggles with general working conditions and with the state of society with the ideas of walking and walking and doing nothing and talking and talking and saying nothing we get the sense that the everyday Parts of our lives that we're supposed to see meaning in, in talking to a friend or going to work. The specials, writing, just aren't. And that can be a really profound sense of disconnection from the world around you. The line, living in a life without meaning, of course, is pretty much as nihilistic as you can get, but living in a life without feeling is important too. It, it talks about a kind of apathy or indifference to the world around you. and to your decisions within it. So the choice of where you walk or where you talk, to use the previous terms, or what you make of yourself, if we're getting a little bit more abstract, does not really seem to matter. There's no inherent meaning to it. There's no correct, objectively, way to do it. And the kind of nihilism that we're seeing here is about more than just some intellectual realization that, okay, yes, there's no inherent meaning to the world. Nihilism, in this sense, is about the feeling of living that out, of having that just be a part of your everyday life, of going through the motions, or maybe even not going through the motions, and just realizing that you do not feel any connection to the world around you. You don't feel that there is any reason to do any specific thing. You really profoundly feel, you really genuinely feel on an everyday basis that what you do is meaningless. That is a hell of a feeling. I know because I've felt it myself. It's what got me into philosophy was over the pandemic, realizing that there are some pretty extreme philosophical implications of being an atheist as I was myself. And before I had heard about existentialism or absurdism or any of the other ways out, so to speak, I really fell into nihilism myself. And I had a couple months period during the pandemic where I wasn't speaking to many people about this. And I just really been in my own head for months on end trying to read trying to think things through and where day to day I felt very disconnected from the world around me and felt that what I was doing in school and for my career and sometimes even in personal relationships or things that normally brought me joy, feeling a sense of disconnect. So I understand how uh, profound these feelings can be. So bringing it back to the song, I think the specials do an excellent job of bringing these themes to life. So, when they talk about things like the lonely street, yeah, it's lonely. It is a lonely street to walk down, to figure this stuff out. Talking about searching for a reason. Oh, but I've got no reason. Trying to find a reason. Yeah, that totally resonates. Uh, And finally, in the last verse that I'll play here, there's a lot. Something that I think is very important is the use of the word there. He, throughout the song, is talking about himself, but in the first half of this, he talks about everyone else. And I think that this captures something about nihilism that is maybe not always said on the surface, but it's looking at the world around you and realizing, hold on, no one else has any reason more than I do to see reason... In things to see meaning in things so other people are also living a life without meaning they're just also not thinking they are talking and talking and saying nothing and they're just not realizing it so even though he is the one that is living in a life without feeling everyone else is also living in this meaningless place and so I think that it, it does this song does a very good job of capturing that sentiment of that I felt myself, and I, I can imagine others have as well, of thinking, "Hold on! If the world is meaningless for me, it should be for everyone else too." They're either not thinking about this stuff at all, or hiding behind religion, or hiding behind surface-level philosophies. I hadn't even heard of existentialism or anything like it, so I didn't think that there was an out, that there was an option. But it just seemed that everyone was hiding from that reality. That You know, we're all led to nihilism. I think that, again, the specials do an excellent job of capturing this. Let's transition here to a song by Randy Newman, who's maybe best known for producing the soundtracks that go along with Pixar films, but who's actually a really, really talented artist. He's known for producing some of the best satire in music, as well as some really ambitious concept albums. The song we'll be looking at today definitely requires some setup, so here we go. Randy Newman takes the perspective of God, answering, finally, the questions of why children must die and why humans must suffer. His response is pretty shocking. He says that man means nothing. He means less to me than the lowliest cactus flower of the humblest yucca tree. He talks about how he laughs at man's search for meaning. He laughs when man sends his praises up to him. Even as he destroys man's temples and kills his children, he'll pray to him. And the line that really sticks with me is that's why I love mankind. But let's just get right into it.
2: Why, so if the children of Israel were supposed to multiply, why must any of the children die? So he asked the Lord, and the Lord said, Man means nothing. He means less to me, than the lowliest cactus flower, the humblest yucca tree, chases round this desert, he thinks that's where I'll be, and that's why I love mankind.
0: So Randy Newman here, such a cynic, it reminds me of Ivan Karamazov in Dostoevsky's Brothers Karamazov. Because of the way that he entertains the idea that there could be a God. And with the suffering of the world on his mind, thinks about this is one way, and maybe even the most likely way, that that God could look like. So like the Grand Inquisitor was a story within a story, The best part of this song is verse 4 when Randy Newman sets up that the Christians, the Jews, the Buddhists, the Hindus all join together. They get their greatest priests and they ask the Lord to speak to them. And the Lord actually responds. Let's hear what he has to say. Editor's note here, this is the priest speaking first and God will respond in just a second.
2: They began to speak. Say, Lord, a plague is on the world. Lord, no man is free. The temples that we built in are tumbling into the sea. Lord, if you won't take care of us, won't you please, please let us be? And the Lord said, Lord said I burn down your city How blind you must be I take from you your children and you say How blessed are we You all must be crazy to Put your faith in me That's why I love mankind You really need me That's why I love mankind
0: So more than anything else, this song is about humanity's faith in God and what that says about us. Remember those last two lines. You really need me that's why I love mankind. Anyway, that's all I have for today. So thank you for listening and see you next time.